This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at San Diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hello and welcome to Saver, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about dried bonito flakes. Mm. Just a big old heart emoji from me. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, any particular reason you want to do this episode? I do not remember. Mm-hmm. I chose it like a couple weeks ago, which in Lauren time is about 29 years under normal circumstances. And I've also just gone through a very stressful moving situation. Um, so so I'm coming to you for the first time from a new studio setup. Oh. And also, yeah, I have no memory of anything that happened before like yesterday. So, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, that makes sense. I remember you said the bacon of the sea when you suggested it, which I thought was very, very funny. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one before. Yeah. But it's yeah. appropriate. Yes. Uh, so good. <laughs> yes, I will say after you suggested this, because I think when I opened this outline yesterday, it said I hadn't looked at it for 15 days. So this one is a bit older than we normally do. Uh-huh. Uh, and I ordered, after I did it, I ordered some dried bonita flakes and also kombu, 
Ooh, um, uh-huh. And I'm going to make my own dashi. Oh, Very, so cool. very, very excited. So excited. And I do want to do an episode on kombu now after doing this episode. Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which involved a lot of uh, watching of very beautifully done short documentaries. <laughs> I was like, ooh, yes. All right, mm-hmm. I want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um. I do remember having dried bonito flakes all the time when I was in Japan. I had it on okonomiyaki, on takoyaki, on noodles, on pizza, on Ooh. onigiri. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I've been having it a lot in furikake lately. Oh, yeah. The cravings, the cravings, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I have, um, right, yeah, I, I love it as a, as a topping on all those good pub dishes. Um, mm. I, I, It is the... Key ingredient that I look for when I look for furikake, um, and it's just it's just so especially now that the weather has turned um, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit chilly in the mornings. I'm just like, yep, that is. I would like to drink my weight in dashi broth, and yes, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> I definitely was like, oh, man, what should I have for lunch today? And just went for a packet of instant ramen because Mm. (laughs) it contained dashi. So, (laughs) yes, I support this and I'm also on the same wavelength. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm in full soup season swing. Um, Also, we're going to reiterate this throughout the episode, but you can see our episodes on miso um, and on skipjack tuna. Yeah. Uh, for more information on this one. Absolutely. Uh, we, yeah, right. And we're going to be grazing across a few uh, a few facts from, from those episodes. But right, definitely see those for more information. Yes. So, I guess this brings us to our question. Yep. Dried bonito flakes. What are they? Well, uh, dried bonito flakes are a type of savory seasoning that consists of tissue-thin shavings of preserved dried fillets of fish, specifically of skipjack tuna. The preservation process here involves smoking and sometimes fermenting the fillets, which also adds this lovely depth of flavor. Uh, Being so preserved and dried means that the flakes are fairly shelf-stable, and I say flakes— um, and they can come in like little little flake format, um, but the good ones are more like a translucent ribbons, pinkish cream in color, up to an inch or so wide, like a couple of centimeters. And these are used to create broth or in dishes or as a garnish. And they're smoky and sometimes a little funky and not very fishy, actually, more like clean oceany in flavor, just the essence of savory, though. Um, if you've ever had like really good fresh tuna, it's like someone condensed a whole steak of that into just a gossamer ribbon and then added a touch of smoke and funk. It's like beautiful umami pencil shavings. Um, it's It's so... Delicate, but like warming to the bones. Um, it's like being warm on a cold morning. Ah, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, so I, I, I kind of went through a lot of stuff there. So let's break this down. Um, skipjack tuna, also called bonito or aku in Hawaii um, or katsu in Japan. Skipjack tuna are smallish tuna that are pretty common, uh, pretty heavily fished, but not to a concerning level in most places. And they're used in canned tuna and also in fresh applications, um, raw in things like sushi and poke um, or cooked. 
plus in dried applications like we're talking about today. The meat of skipjack tuna is a deep scarlet red and slightly translucent when raw, and it will cook to an opaque light gray. Um, it, it's firm and distinctly tuna-y. Uh, it tastes like savory and meaty and a little briny when it's raw. It does get a little bit fishy when it's cooked. But today, we're not talking about raw or cooked skipjack tuna. Um, well, okay, we're, we're starting with raw uh, because that's how, you know, most meat starts generally. <laughs> yeah. But then we are going on like a multi-week to multi-month preservation journey. Um, this is a traditional process in Japan uh, where the end product is called katsobushi. And specific methods can vary by region or by producer, um, but basically, you take your fish and you cut it into fillets, then simmer those for a couple of hours. And this is working to, um, to sterilize the meat and also to, like, firm up um, or, or coagulate some of the proteins so that they hold on to some of the flavor compounds that you're going to want in your finished product through the rest of this process. Then you debone the fillets um, and smoke them low and slow, preferably over a hard wood like oak, on and off for probably an entire month. And at that point, what you're looking at is a, a brick of fish, kind of brownish on the outside, and, and like ruby pink to amber on the inside and still a little bit translucent. And you can stop there. At that point, the filet is called an arabushi. And this is used to make a less expensive type of bonito flake called aragazzo. Or, or, you can ferment the filets! Mold poop! <laughs> I don't get to say mold poop that often. Yeah, that's a that's a rare one. This is an right? exciting day for us, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Oh, it's so exciting. Okay, all right, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so what happens here is that you you trim the dried fillets and spray them down with a friendly mold culture, um, similar to how some wheels of cheese are treated. Except, unlike with cheese, um, you, you spray them and then uh, and then dry the fillets in the sun for a couple days before storing them away for a couple of weeks. And then repeat that process for at least three months or like maybe a couple of years. Either or. (laughs) Either, you know, whatever you're into. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And what's happening here is that the mold culture, uh, made up mostly of various strains from the genus Aspergillus, is is coating the surface of the filet and doing just a bunch of work there. Um, It's keeping off unfriendly microbes and drawing out and consuming moisture from the meat, helping it dry more. It's also eating some of the fats and proteins in the meat and pooping flavor, Uh, uh, breaking down unwanted flavors, basically, and enhancing positive flavors in the final product. Uh, And also, by breaking down some of the fats, it's kind of like pre-clarifying any broth that you're going to make later with the finished product. Uh, Huh, so cool. Mold poop, y'all. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> the coolest. <laughs> uh, this product is called Hankare Bushi, um, and it's considered like the ultimate in Katsobushi. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the dried and treated fillets, in, in whichever way they're treated, can be shaved down in different uh, size grades for different purposes. I think the shavings are properly called uh, Kizuri Bushi, after the device that's traditionally used to make the shavings. Anyway, yeah. Um, the, these days, the product is often sold packaged in flake form. 
And in traditional Japanese cuisine, it's like a super base ingredient um, because, right, it's one of the two things, along with kombu, which is a seaweed product, um, that go into making dashi, which is a broth that is pretty omnipresent in soups and stews and sauces. Bonito flakes are also used in fillings and toppings uh, for rice uh, in, in onigiri and as an ingredient in furikake, which is like a stuff that you sprinkle on rice if you're unfamiliar. And uh, big, thin shavings are served on pub food uh, like okonomiyaki and takoyaki. Uh, and because the, the shavings are so thin, the waves of heat that come off of, of the hot food make the shavings kind of sway or, or, or dance uh, like like little like little flames. Yeah, I was thinking about that for some Halloween themed foods. Ooh, they oh, they can yeah. sort of shrivel and like spark almost. Ooh, <laughs> there's options. There's options. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okonomiyaki and takoyaki are are two very very savory, very um, just pleasing foods. If you've if you've never had them, okonomiyaki is sort of like a like a omelet kind of. Thing, and takoyaki are sort of like little hush puppies that have just a little piece of octopus inside. Um, yeah, like very like soft and super like savory, salty. Oh, so mm-hmm. good. Yeah, um, very comfort food. Type very thing. comfort food. Uh, mm-hmm. Really enhanced by this this just savory bomb that is mm-hmm. a bonito shaving. And yeah, there are just a bunch of different ways to produce katsubushi um, from the egg from the exact cut of the fish that you're using to how much fat and skin is left on for how long in the process to the exact preservation process to the flaking process. Um, And people have strong preferences. Very personal, very nostalgia-based, I think. And for for different applications, yeah. Yes, and like I said, there are at least two free, short, very well-done documentaries that I watched about this. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it in the history section, about kind of the traditional processes yeah. of producing this. And it's really fascinating. But yeah, people have, they got their strong opinions, which we love. Love it. Love. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, what about the nutrition? Uh, this is another seasoning type thing that packs like a lot of flavor for your caloric buck. Um, it's really basically... Just protein, like a little bit of fat, a little bit of sodium. As with any smoked product, like there's a little bit of uh, concern about some of those smoke molecules being bad for you. But um, but generally, it's it's fine. Yeah. It's food. Yeah. <laughs> it's food. It's got a lot of flavor in it for a little. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we do have some numbers for you. A couple, yeah. A couple. Um, from numbers collected in 2018, Japan catches an annual 250,000 tons of bonito fish. And I, I don't have more recent numbers, but as of like 2008, the three major production areas of katsubushi were turning out some 32 tons per year. And although the use of it in households and even some restaurants was going down, the production and market for it were increasing um, because of the uptick in the creation of convenience products like instant dashi and uh, packaged miso soup and ramen, stuff like that. Also, 
I, okay, I, I couldn't find the actual record on Guinness's actual website, um, but it is commonly reported that Katsubushi holds the record for the world's hardest food. Uh, yeah, I saw that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like, look up a video of of one of the, the the blocks that these fillets turn into because a they're really like like when they they look really they look like a piece of driftwood. Um, when they start out. And then when you shave them down, it reveals this just gorgeous semi-translucent interior that it, it looks like a, like a, like a solid piece of, of crystal. It's Mm -hmm. really interesting. And it is so hard that like, if you tap on it, it, it has like almost like a metallic ring to it. Um, Mm -hmm. and... (laughs) In 2017, a Japanese knife maker and general weirdo uh, (laughs) who makes knives out of all kinds of different Mm non-metal substances, uh, he, yep, made a YouTube video where he shaved a filet down into a knife. Wow. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely look it up. It's, uh... You can see people just kind of hitting it against things. <laughs> Sound it makes. It doesn't yeah. have any give, like zero give. It's yeah. a tough, it's a tough substance. <laughs> Not easy to to produce traditionally. Right. Um, yes, 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 yes. And we'll get into that in the history. But before we do that, we're gonna get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Yes, and as mentioned, please see our Skipjack Tuna episode and our Misa episode. Misa. Mm-hmm. Miso episode for more. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I don't know what that other thing is, but anyway. Uh, because they are very relevant to a lot of the stuff we're talking about and uh, have a, a bunch of similar stories that I kind of skimmed over because we already talked about them mm-hmm. in past episodes. So go check those out if you haven't already. Um, and also, yes, this is going to be fun with Japanese. Hopefully <laughs> Lauren will help me out if I struggle too hard. But Nah, dude, you're on your own. Uh, <laughs> I'm out to sea, as they say. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. okay. All right, so because Japan is an island, seafood has long been a staple in Japanese cuisine. Mm-hmm. Um, while the historical record indicates that production of fermented dried bonito— began in earnest in the middle of the Edo period in Japan, which took place between 1603 and 1868 CE. Um, It's definitely been going on longer than that. But that's Mm -hmm. when things were really starting to take off. Um, And part of that was because during this time, the bonito fish was incredibly popular in Japan. Uh, There's a famous haiku that was written about the first bonito of the season in Japan. Um, I know we've talked about it. I think we did it in the Skipjack Tune episode. But there's this whole haiku about like how, you know, uh, it's that time for the first bonito catch. Ah, yeah. What a wonderful time it is. Huh. Um, and uh, this fish was sometimes viewed as auspicious, which is something we also talked about in that episode, I believe. So it makes sense that this is when we see all kinds of uses for it starting to proliferate in the written record. Um, but yeah, uh, the roots of dried bonito trace back much further, at least to 718 CE when, quote, a seasoning made from fish that has been boiled and dried hard was mentioned in the Euro Code, which was this administrative document. Mm-hmm. Um, the fish in question varied based on the catch, so it wasn't necessarily bonito, but a lot of times it was. Mm-hmm. Historians think that drying fish for food and sometimes boiling it down to make dashi goes back centuries earlier than even that. Um, it was a way to preserve the fish during lean times and also a way to make it safer to eat, though people didn't entirely know why yet. They just knew like sure. it seemed to work. They just didn't know exactly why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like with any preserved food, we didn't really figure out microbiology until uh, the 1800s. So <laughs> Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, by 1674, the method of drying this fish updated a bit to include smoke drying. Um, and there's a particular story that's popularly told as mm-hmm. to why it updated to that that I believe we've mentioned before, too. Um, I think it was in that tuna episode, but here it is again in brief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so basically, in the 1600s, a fisherman from what is now the Wakayama Prefecture named Jintaro was shipwrecked in a storm and ended up in what is now the Kochi Prefecture. He took his skipjack tuna and smoked it over an open wood fire and found that the taste was much improved. <laughs> Thus, the smoke-dried skipjack tuna, or arabushi, was born as the story goes. Um, <laughs> again, that kind of just makes sense to me that somebody would have discovered that, probably multiple somebodies that 
at a time, sure. but whatever. Yeah. Whatever I mean, smoke, the truth. Smoking food is kind of a thing. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a story that is very, very popularly told. Yeah. Um, whatever the truth is, the technique was adopted across the country around this time. Uh, and also of note, as we discussed in our miso episode, soups were extremely popular in Japan at this time too. And and many of those soups called for dashi, made from boiling down bonito flakes. Um, dashi was, and in a lot of ways definitely still is integral to Japanese cuisine and daily life, as you mentioned. And I found a really cool article about it, um, tracing the evolution of it. Oh, and I yeah. cannot wait to talk about it more in depth. Oh, cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. A, uh, <laughs> another development that took place sometime around 1770 called for growing mold on the smoke-dried tuna. There are also... A handful of stories about how this came about. And a lot of them are very similar to the sort of vague, it was an accident, but wait, it's good. (laughs) (laughs) Stories Uh we frequently come across when we do these history sections. Um, So one of these stories simply recounts a merchant who, upon receiving a shipment of smoke-dried tuna that was growing mold on it, he tried it, I guess. He was like, I don't want to throw it away. Found it was delicious. So he started to purposely grow mold on his product. There you go. There you go. Another story is pretty much the same. Um, A dealer didn't want to throw out a warehouse full of molded smoked tuna. So he tried it and decided the mold actually enhanced the flavor. And I'm sure it didn't hurt that he didn't have to throw out (laughs) all of that product. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, this whole thing, using fungi for flavor or mold for flavor also has a long history in uh, Japanese cuisine. So it makes sense it would be applied here. This wasn't necessarily a new thing at all. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Mm-hmm. Originally, dried bonito was only sold in filet form. Um, everyone made their own shavings f- with a, this, this microplane sort of contraption that includes a drawer to catch the shavings called a kizudiki. And Apparently, the first time that it was sold in flake form, this might be marketing, um, was at this market stall in Tokyo in the 1920s or 30s that is still running to this day. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And then this brings us to the invention of convenient chemical alternatives promising the flavor of bonito flakes. Um, And this has obviously had quite the impact on this industry and on traditional producers These alternatives have sped the process up, and this often involves skipping the mold application altogether. Um, And many worry that the history and skill behind bonito flake production, dried bonito flake production, um, found in traditional producers is in danger of dying out because of this. But kind of as you mentioned earlier, Lauren, at the same time, bonito flake production has been on the rise in recent years, thanks to these very same convenience items like instant miso soup or instant noodle soups that have made such a huge impact on the industry in the first place. So it's kind of an interesting circle that's going on here. Um, Globalization and the rise in the popularity of Japanese food around the world has also fueled the growing demand for Bonita Flakes worldwide, which in turn feeds into this whole thing even more. And there have been some hurdles. I found uh, one particular instance um, of how, because bonito flakes 
often contain trace amounts of benzopyrene due to the smoking process. EU regulations didn't allow it to be imported from Japan into EU countries, which led to some Japanese immigrants in Europe to start offering their own products that met these EU rules. And there's a whole, yeah, like I said, there's a whole article about it, but like refining the process and removing the benzopyrene was costly, taxing, and time-consuming, but... Um, some companies have found success. It just took them a long time yeah. to get there. Yeah, between between the benzopyrene and also um, the fact that some some of this product is made with mold, right, has really um, messed with some regulations internationally. But yeah, for example, the first French production plant uh, for Katsubushi opened in 2015. Yeah, yeah, a lot. This episode had so many stories that I read and I was just like inspired by or fascinated by all the people behind this industry. Yeah. Um, and putting all this hard work into it. Uh, it was really, it was really interesting to to read all of their stories and to see all these pieces of it. Um, sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to make use of my Benito flakes and to make some dashi, but other things, I got a lot of them. <laughs> so. Yeah, they kind of only come in like a, a lot portion. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but but right, yeah, it's it's so it can be such a simple flavor and it's hard to like refine your palate, um, especially if you're not familiar with the product, into noticing the the little differences between different types of it. But it's it's a fun journey to go on. It is. It is. And I think another field trip added to our list. Oh, One no. day. Oh, dang. One day. More beautiful places to go and beautiful foods to eat. <laughs> Heck. What a terrible lot we've been given. <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, listeners, we would love to hear from you, especially if you have experience with this or in Japan, know somebody who's in the business, all of that kind of yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but in the meantime, we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Balboa Park. Give me a woo. 
You're happy and you know it. San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listeners. Mm-mm. Ooh, <laughs> do you have any Halloween decorations up yet? Uh, well, <laughs> in the move, have you not put any up? <laughs> um, we, we, I, I just have my normal level of spooky, um, which, uh, like I've got like a little, a little LED lamp that's like oh. a little ghost, uh, kind of going woo. Um, <laughs> uh, and I've got one of those really silly skeleton, uh, it, it, like skeleton cats that, yeah inexplicably has little skeleton ears. I, I don't think that that's how bones work, but <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, so, so we do, it's not, it's not not Halloween-y. Right. But you're saying it's kind of not too much above your regular level. It's, it's lower than my normal <laughs> level because I haven't unpacked that hard. <laughs> um, Got it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, but probably higher than many other humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Normal spook level. Okay. Um, do you have Halloween decorations up? Well, I'm kind of in a similar boat, not in the moving process, but like I generally mm. have some stuff up all the time. Mm-hmm. But I went to find, I have, I already have a pumpkin, but I'm not going to carve it until much later because my pumpkins always rot really quickly. Yeah, sure. Um, but I had these like candle pumpkin lights. Ooh. I can't find them, Lauren. Oh, and no. I think it's a Halloween mischief ghost prank. Oh, heck. Because I know where I put them. <laughs> they are not there. Wow. And unless I was sleepwalking, I I don't know, man. Which is you? also a very Halloween trope. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm going to well, go look in my closet again in case maybe I pack okay. them away accidentally. But. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> keep, us, keep us updated. This is... <laughs> important. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you again, like if somebody combed through our whole podcast and just like pieced together all of the kind of like throwaway creepy facts, you'd have a good found footage podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like this lady is haunted. This lady's a vampire. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll keep you updated. I'll find those pumpkins one way or the other. Even if I have to go into the ghost realm. Okay. I need my decorations. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I just am very, very excited about soup season. I was planning all my Halloween soups. And then I was like, where are my Halloween candles for my Halloween soup eating? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's how we got to this juncture. Anyway. (laughs) Kelsey wrote... 
I'm listening to your episode on Injera, and I had to pause and text my friends about Ethiopian Airlines flying in Injera to D.C. every day. Hmm. I didn't know what a huge Ethiopian community D.C. had until I moved here a little over a year ago. The many Ethiopian restaurants in D.C. range from casual counter service to fancy spots where you'd probably see a senator. It's so cool to know the Injera they serve is the real deal. Just to add to your list of field trips, if you ever decide to come to D.C., you can truly eat around the world here, which I have been trying to do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh, that sounds fabulous. It does. And please keep us updated on your journey. I would love yeah. to visit D.C. and do that. I've been to D.C. a handful of times, but I think every time I've been on kind of a crunch time-wise. So sure. like, I haven't had the, the opportunity to really dig into the food like I would like. Same, um, same. Yeah, so I, and I never had any Ethiopian food while I was there, and now I'm really regretting that. So. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, right, mm-hmm. I, I've always been so on the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's always been like a work trip and under like strange time crunch circumstances, right? Yeah, where you're kind of like, what is open right now <laughs> near me? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yes, but oh, cool. add it to the list. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mm-hmm. Uh, PK wrote, Greetings from Seattle. I just finished listening to your podcast about green papaya salad and enjoyed it very much. When I go back to Laos, it's one of the first things I order from a street vendor along with whatever meat is currently grilling and sticky rice. I love the mix of hot, sweet, sour, and fermented flavors. I use green papaya salad as a gateway to introduce many friends to Laotian cuisine. I love the show. Keep up the good work. Oh, mm. That sounds so That sounds so good. good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I still haven't had it, but now I'm like, I definitely want this whole combination you've got going of like the sticky rice to yeah. soak up the flavors. Yeah, the sticky rice is really important. I keep forgetting to order it when I order green papaya salad from restaurants. And oh. that is something that can no longer stand. No. No more, Lauren. No more. <laughs> oh, gosh. I've got to get it. It sounds so good. It's one of those things, like I said, I've never had, but I can immediately, like, almost taste it and know I'll love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's so, oh, it's so good. <laughs> oh, gosh. What a wonderful world of cravings I'm experiencing right now. <laughs> so many things. Always. Uh, Always, always. Well, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks as always to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. 
Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 